Hey there, I'm Victoria, a certified Christian life coach, author, motivational speaker, and university educator, and I am obsessed with helping you navigate through life's ups and downs so that you can live day by day in God's peace despite the many external demands on your time and energy. The Choose to Think Inspirational podcast is about the delicate dance between God transforming you from the inside out and your personal responsibility for change, maturity, and refinement as a Christ follower. On the show, I'll help you connect the between your faith and your life in practical, meaningful ways while giving God room to do what only He can do and so that you can shine your light for Christ and be better equipped to serve your family and help others around you. You can change every area of your life one thought at a time. Welcome back to the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast Brain Changer. Let's dive in. Sometimes it's one word that creeps into your vocabulary and can cause you to feel guilty, anxious, and worried. This particular word can cause you to experience frustration and even stress. Often after using this one word, you could conclude that you're a failure. And what is that one word you wonder? Should. S-H-O-U-L-D. Should. I should have done those dishes last night. I should have finished that report at work. I should be skinnier by now. I should be able to handle this crisis better. I shouldn't eat this second helping of pudding. Or you can flip it to the accusatory tone. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should go to the gym even though it's late. You should never say those things. You shouldn't be struggling with anger at your age. You should never leave your wallet lying around like that. Well, in this Magnificent Monday series on cognitive distortions, do you believe we've covered these types of faulty thinking so far? I'm going to give you a list because the series started with episode 202 and you can jump by twos to get them all. We talked about polarized thinking, overgeneralization, mental filtering, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, magnification, and emotional reasoning. Wow. So if you haven't tuned into all these episodes, you're going to want to scroll back and tap play to hear each one. The listener feedback has been outstanding. Now, why has this series struck such a chord with you? And let me say with me as well. It's because as you grow and mature in your relationship with Christ and others, you recognize that you don't want to engage in faulty thinking anymore. You're you're done with it. You've had it with it. Indeed, this series has been a great segue into putting into play the seven R's for living your best thought life. If you purchase the Choose to Think devotional, make sure that you download your free gift. It's a one-page infographic, and it details for you how to change your thoughts so that you can start feeling better every day. It's all condensed into one page. Now, today the distortion is called shoulding. And on this episode, I'll bring out three main points. Number one, I'll offer you a more detailed definition of what this faulty thinking is. Number two, I'll explain the impact that shoulding has in your brain and upon your general mood. And number three, part three, is I'll give you five quick tips to avoid shoulding on yourself and on others. First, what is shoulding? Be aware that the words must and ought are synonyms for should, but for simplicity's sake, we're going to use the word should. 
according to Healthline.com. Shoulding is, quote, when people find them, themselves thinking in terms of what should and ought to be said or done, it's possible that a cognitive distortion is at work. It's rarely helpful to chastise yourself with what you should be able to do in a given situation. Should and ought statements are often used by the thinker to take on a negative view of their life. These types of thoughts are often rooted in internalized family or cultural expectations that might not be appropriate for an individual, end quote. Often, shoulding may be quasi-rules-based. Like in your family, everyone is supposed to make his or her bed, or it goes without saying that children must chew with their mouths closed. Should statements set a very general goal, but often they're without any real ways or steps to achieve those goals, like you should lose weight or you should play the piano better by this time. I think you get the picture. Should is a trigger word for stress and anxiety, and this leads us to point two. What does shoulding do in your brain and how does it impact your mood? A light bulb just went off for me because I've been shooting myself about my daily water consumption. As I was scripting this podcast episode this morning, I went downstairs to get another cup of coffee and there on the countertop is my motivational water jug. And guess what? It was half full. If you've been listening long to the show, you're well aware how hard I tried to get in my daily water to keep myself that fit, fab, and fun Nana and wife. Well, my water jug was halfway full, so that meant I'd only drunk about 30 ounces of water yesterday, not my daily 64 ounces. And without batting an eye, I mumbled under my breath, you should have drunk your water yesterday. Ah, boy, did I feel let down and disappointed in myself. Uh Uh-huh. So shooting drains the positive right out of your situations and gives the negatives way too much power. I mean, I did drink 32 ounces, so what about that? Just picture yourself warming yourself by an outdoor fire at night with the stars twinkling overhead and the crickets chirping and you're just so calm and peaceful and then somebody rushes in and douses out your fire. That's the jolt that a should statement gives to your brain. According to a NeuroGym blog post entitled How Words Can Have a Positive Effect on Your Brain, quote, Words can influence stress levels, both physical and emotional. It turns out that when we hear positive words, for example, love, areas in our frontal lobes are strengthened by the altering of the expression of genes. The frontal lobes are the biggest lobes in the brain and are responsible for voluntary movement, expressing language, and higher level executive functions such as planning. So when the frontal lobes are strengthened, this actually increases the brain's cognitive function. It works the other way too. Even hearing one negative word can activate the fear center of the brain, the amygdala. This in turn releases stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. All of this actually makes it harder for our brains to function and shuts down the part of our brain that focuses on logic and reasoning again, in the frontal lobes, end quote. So when you go around shooting, you are self-critical, accusatory, negative, and you put a whole lot of pressure on yourself. These types of attitudes and dispositions may cause an increased release of the stress hormone cortisol. Now, as in my case of telling myself I should have drunk more water yesterday, 
that spike in cortisol might have been slight. But nevertheless, I want to learn better ways to frame this type of faulty thinking that really is unhealthy. So this takes us to how, part three, how can you avoid shooting on yourself and others? What can you do to avoid this negative thinking trap? And I'm going to give you five tips. Tip number one is threefold. Recognize, look for a reason, and then reframe. That's recognize, look for a reason, and then reframe. Recognize what you're thinking about. Shooting can be seemingly innocuous, but its impact can be quite destructive. Examine the should statement to see if you can learn anything from it. So you should have finished the report yesterday at work. Was there a reason you didn't? How could you reframe the should statement into a statement with positive energy and expression? How about tomorrow I will prioritize getting that report submitted? In other words, recognize the should statement. You've already thought it anyway. Ask yourself why that didn't get done and then reframe the statement to settle your mind. Number two. Tip number two is offer yourself and others a bit of self-compassion and grace. Yes, you are trying to choose healthy, whole foods, non-processed and organic options for your meals and snacks and for your family. But you went back for another helping of chocolate pudding. Okay, what's done is done. Take a deep breath and encourage your heart with the fact that you're not perfect. Further, you could have eaten even more, but you didn't. Go back to tip number one and ask yourself, why did you do that? Were you looking for comfort through food? Were you looking for a distraction? Did you feel lonely or stressed? Give yourself grace for otherwise common goofs and mishaps. If it's really bothersome to you, try tip number three, which is set realistic goals with a little wiggle room. Regarding your health and all the should statements like these, you shouldn't have eaten that extra helping of pudding or you should have lost more weight by now or you should be skinnier by now or you should go to the gym. Make sure your goals regarding your health are realistic, like SMART goals. In other words, is it realistic for you to have the goal of going to the gym when you had to work a bit longer than you expected to, which didn't leave you any time to go to the gym as you had planned? Instead of having the goal, I will go to the gym every day after work, give yourself a bit of wiggle room. And here's an idea. Get a little word picture for you. Picture yourself pulling an ace of hearts out of your back pocket and playing it and say to yourself, home trumps gym today or something like that. Then move on. Mentally, move on. If you find yourself continuously throwing the ace of hearts as a trump on your daily events, you might need to reanalyze your goals and figure out a better way to set them to make it more realistic to your the season of life that you're in. Tip number four is to try other words to motivate yourself into action. Often, should statements are used to motivate, but this type of motivation rarely works. In other words, you're doing it like, oh, I should drink more water. You're thinking, oh, that's going to motivate me, but it doesn't. Instead of saying, you should be better controlling your emotions at your age, which only guilts you and is not productive for change, say this instead, I'm so grateful that I am more aware of my emotions than I ever have been in my life. I'm thankful the Lord is helping me practice self-control and self-awareness. Now, aren't these statements much more motivating than I should be better at this by now? Of course they are. Recognize that character refinement requires a bit of suffering and perseverance, but it fills you with hope. And that's paraphrased kind of from Romans 5. 
The fifth tip finally is elevate your thoughts to Jesus. If you recognize that you dip into shooting on yourself and others, invite God into the process to help you overcome this type of faulty thinking. Ask him to help you with all the shoulds in your life. And here's a little bonus side note. The Bible uses this word should hundreds of times in both Old and New Testaments. And in a way, it's meant to show boundaries, kind of like healthy boundaries, to indicate doing life God's way with him and for him. In other words, there's a longing in your heart to do life the way you must or ought to do it according to your biblical worldview. Remember, shooting is often rules-based, and the Bible does give us rules for our daily conduct. But we have to understand that these types of shoulds are given to you and me out of love, not accusation or condemnation. Psalm 143.8 says, let me hear your faithfulness in the morning for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk for to you, I lift up my soul. Or how about this proverb that you know, Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he grows older, he will not abandon it. There's a superior way that you and your children ought to do life. And the reward is so great when you live life God's way and when you train your children to live life God's way. These types of shoulds become the longing of your heart for yourself and for your loved ones. They do not instill fear and distress in you, but rather life and hope. And finally, what about this verse about prayer? Romans 8, 26 says, Now in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Do you see how Paul writes that even when you do not meet the perfect standards of Christian living and thinking and acting, the Spirit steps in and does the heavy lifting on your behalf. You can should yourself over and again about how your prayer life is lacking or insufficient or how you should know how to pray better. But God says it like this, I got this. The Spirit will intercede for you. Now, isn't that encouraging? So the takeaways here to overcome shooting on yourself and others. First, recognize that you are shooting yourself or others. First, recognize it. Look for a reason why you're doing this and then reframe your should statements to something positive and life-giving. Number two, offer yourself and others a bit of self-compassion and grace. So your husband should have let the dogs out two hours ago. Calm down take a deep breath and show compassion and love instead. Go let the dogs out yourself and move on. Third, set realistic goals for those repetitive shoulds in your life. If you really want to develop a healthier lifestyle with your food choices and exercise routine, expect that sometimes there will be unexpected interruptions in your day. Pull out the ace of hearts and try to think of alternative actions you can take should this happen regularly. Fourth, try other words to motivate yourself into action. Instead of saying to yourself, you should be ashamed of yourself, say instead, you have learned from your mistakes. The times you've fallen spiritually cause you to be sensitive to others who are struggling. You can empathize and help others now more than ever. God tells you that your shame can be used for his glory. Ooh, I love all of those. And five, elevate your thoughts to Jesus. 
Pray, asking for the Spirit to guide you in your thinking. Even faulty thinking can be surrendered to God for His loving touch. And there you have it. Another episode in the books. Please go back and press play on each episode in this series. I promise you will walk away feeling encouraged and with a whole lot of practical applications of your faith. Your beliefs matter. Let's keep unpacking how to take biblical truths and apply them to your life on a daily basis. Be sure to tune in this Thursday for a very interesting interview I had with a gentleman named James Edward. He's an outspoken Christian involved in the fight to protect patent rights. Yes, that's patent rights. In part, he's doing that. He's made a life purpose of that because God made us to create. It's a fascinating topic. Our exchange was so fun. Now, God called you to create, and we're going to talk about thoughts that may get in the way of your stepping out into your creative genius and kind of all with the backdrop of what's the big deal about patent rights anyway. It's really a fun interview. And thank you again for tuning in. Your support means the world to me. Seriously, it does. I read every review on Apple and I notice each time you share on social media as one, I'm the one on the battlefield proclaiming biblical truth in this relativistic culture. I appreciate you more than you know. Shoot me an email and tell me what you're enjoying about the show and what you might like to hear in the future. I'm all ears. I love you so much. God bless you today. Do take good care of yourself and keep living your best thought life, Brain Changer. You and God got this. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. And listen, if you like what you hear, would you leave us a one to two sentence review at Apple Podcasts, share the link with a friend, or tag me on your share on social media? It would mean the world to me and would help us to keep shining the light of Christ and sharing the good news to others who are in need of encouragement. Please visit us on our website at choosetothink.co. That's with the number two, choosetothink.co, to get on our monthly newsletter list. And if you need a guest speaker for your next women's retreat or church event, I'm your gal email me at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two, choose to think at gmail.com. Finally, I offer limited free mentoring sessions each month where you and I can chat to help you develop a strategy for your thoughts in any area of your life. I'm a certified life coach and I have something to share. Visit choose to think.co and click on mentoring for more details. Also keep in mind that the messages on this show are for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult your medical doctor for all medical issues. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.